Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast. Happy to have you listening in today. Uh, I'm Prue Warren, and I am the uh, inexperienced author of the pair. There, I'm stop saying I'm an idiot. But Thank you, you Prue. Know, that's the sex. And thankfully, I have a partner on the podcast. I'm Meredith Bond, and I am so happy that you've stopped saying that you're the idiot because you are the most intelligent idiot I have ever met. <laughs> Look, truth is in the details. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And you're so helpful to me. Meredith, I made us start recording before we had finished our yapping because (laughs) you were talking about the fact that you have begun your next book. Yes. And your process was interesting to me. Tell me what you said about plotting it out. Okay. So this is what has been happening for many, many books now. I mean, it doesn't always happen because there isn't always time. But generally, I, I'm a plotter. So I will plot out my entire book with, you know, all of the major plot points and a good smattering of scenes to help the characters along there with their development and their growth and moving in all the right directions and, you know, developing the romance and all of this. And I will plot it out. And then on the weekend, I will tell my husband the story. And he will say, no, you've got it wrong. (laughs) He will tell me that my hero is not heroic enough, that my romance doesn't have enough ups and downs, that it's boring, that there's just no way that anybody would want to read this garbage. That's not what he would say. He won't say any of that. Actually, he does. he says a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love him anyway. Um, and then we will start from practically scratch. Um, but, you know, I do have definite ideas of who my characters are. and But we do make them more heroic. We make the romance more tumultuous. And we, we rebuild the plot. You know, it's interesting when I was a fundraising copywriter, My husband did not read romances. He had a very short attention span. He could be distracted by a car, a guitar, or boobs. Those were the things that could distract him. (laughs) If I could tell him what I was, what what, uh, the topic of my fundraising letter, if I could tell him that topic and keep his attention, I knew I had the lead to my letter. Because if the most easily distracted person can't look away, that's how you know Oh, oh, that's the way in. I got it. And now I yeah. can get your. So that and was that's your, with your shirt on. That's with my. That's with my. Well, with the shirt off. Forget it. There was no value conversations to be had with your shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a rip serves a very valuable role in your life, and he I does. think it's really cool that you put yourself through that criticism at the very beginning. Uh, and obviously, you trust them enough that you don't dread this process. 
No, I mean, I do sort of dread the process, but I know that in the end, it's it's like taking that nasty medicine that you really, really don't want to take, but you know, it's going to make you better. And, and so better, you, you put up with it. Vaccine, it's better to take it before you need it. You don't want to be three quarters of the way through your book and then have to rewrite it. So exactly doing it at the exactly. beginning. Well, this is this is this is only going to interest people like you and me who plot all the pantsers are like, yeah, that's not going to happen. We're not going to, we're not going to dissect it first. And that's fine. If that's your process, I just thought that was a very interesting way to go about it, to have, to have this overarching critic that helps to guide you in your, in your most formative moments. I thought that was interesting. So I made you record it. <laughs> okay. So we've been, we've, we've got your process at least outlined for people to listen to. Today's topic, though, is different from the process because I'm particularly interested in today's topic, which is how the hell do you price a book? I'm quite freaked out on this subject, and I wish there was a simple answer. I bet there's not. So go, girl, spew forth that knowledge. Let's have it. There are, There is a simple answer, but there isn't just one. Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Because then we're going to get to Ingram Spark and how much I have to charge for my book on Ingram Spark because they Uh discount everything. And oh my God. Okay. Let's go back to, go ahead. Sorry. Forget about Ingram Spark for the moment. Let's talk eBooks. eBooks. Okay. The reigning ideas, concepts, the thought process for how to price your book. There are three things that you need to know. One, you need to know whether you want to sell more books or whether you want to earn more money? Oh, please. Just tell me the answer. And you need to know what the other people in your genre are doing. Well, but, but okay, I know there are three things, and now I've stopped you already. But the other people in my genre are being published by major publishers who have no fear in saying $10 for an ebook. Oh, yeah. I would never dream of doing something so arrogant. So it's, it's, there are two categories of people in my genre. Now what? Um, ignore the traditional publishers because, yeah, they're crazy. Nobody, <laughs> nobody but a big name author can get $10 for an ebook. And even then, I mean, no, I don't spend that much money for an ebook. If I see, that, you know, Julia Quinn's book, and I love Julia Quinn, and I love reading her Regency romances, but I'm not going to spend $10 for a friggin' ebook, no matter who she is. Right. So, right. This is of the traditional publishing industry is, I, I can't help but think that they're committing slow suicide by doing this. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Okay, so the world is changing much like, okay, all right. Uh, do I want to sell more books or earn more money? And what are the other authors in my genre doing? Is that one question or two? That is three questions. Those, oh, are, those, three are, questions, three. those are the three questions you need to answer. Okay, good. Okay, good. so the first two are are, the, are flipped, are the same yeah. coin on either side. And then the third one is guidance, right? So do you want to sell more books? And being that you only have one book, you don't necessarily want to sell more books because the main reason to sell more books is to guide readers into buying the next book. 
That's right. That's right. So I should charge more for my single book. Exactly. Okay. Now you're blowing my mind. Um, I'm looking up romantic comedy books on Amazon to see what the top ones are. And of course, the top ones have all been placed at the top by publishers who are paying the bucks to get these books up there. Not only that, but or they they may be at the top because they have a promotion going. And so the book is nine, set at 99 cents when normally it would be 3.99 or 4.99 or whatever it is. Uh, I'm looking the top 10, seven of them are on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh-huh. So Amazon is attempting to drive me, the reader, into Kindle Unlimited. Yes. So me, the author, having decided not to do KU because I only have the one book, I have got a lot of sifting to do, right? i got to sift out. First, I have to sift out all these KU authors and set them aside. Right. The first one that's traditionally, that's not in KU is a $10 paperback, is a $10 ebook. Mm-hmm. Then there's a $2.99. Oh, look at this. This is ridiculous. Here's a $13.99. Oh, well, that's the paperback. $13.99. Kindle, $3.99. Okay. So the answer is there aren't that many people in my field who are doing what I'm doing. That's Which is fantastic for you because that means that you have the opportunity to sell more books because you don't have a lot of competition. Well, that's a weird way to think of it because, of course, everybody writes rom-coms. Everybody and their brother writes rom-coms. So I am an indie rom-com who's selling, my book is two ninety nine, Which and that, sounds to me like a great price. Okay, but isn't that a sell more books price? No. Not a money price? I think that that's a regular price. A this sell is- more books price is 99 cents. Oh, oh. okay, okay. Um, I'm, my brain, my brain hurts. Okay. Nobody is selling a book for $2.99 on this list. Wait, there's one. Yeah, there's one, but there's only one. So if you're not reading on Kindle Unlimited, then I'm quite cheap. That's right. Um, But of course I don't show up in this list of rom-coms because my book is number 43,000 on the list. So it's going to take a while to get to me, Uh, but that's different. Okay, so want to sell more books or earn more money? And you think an earn more money price is 99 cents? No, Absolutely. no, no. No, a sell more books is 99 cents. And earn more money is 2.99 and up. Yes. Okay. So, okay, so in order to determine pricing, first you have to ignore anyone who's on KU, then you have to ignore anyone who's traditionally published. And then you can look at what everybody else in your field is doing, which narrows down the world of rom-coms like, like, a, like a, you know, a ninja sword is just cut through this incredible pile. So, okay, let's say, here's a for instance for you. Let's say I was producing a second book on September 6th, perhaps. <laughs> Possibly. Lucking the idea, the, the date out of thin right. air. Out of thin air, let's say, for instance, there was another book coming, and my original book is two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Now, my theory has been, and stay with me here, that I want people to start the series and become enamored. So, my first price of two ninety nine 
is to lure people in, even though it's not a lure you in price. Now, and now I know it should be 99 cents to lure people in. And the next book is $3.99. Right. Does that sound right to you? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Um, I'm also looking at uh, the rom-coms on, on Amazon. Yep. When you were looking, how did you search? Did you look at the bestsellers? I looked, I, I, I selected books as my category and then typed in romantic comedy book. Okay. What I just did was I typed in Prue Warren and found Sin in the Peanut Butter Cup. Right. Then I went down to the list where it says what number, what ranking you are. And I clicked on romantic comedy there so that I have the best sellers in romantic comedy up on my screen. See, this is very brilliant. All right. Hang on. Wait a minute. I need to do that, too. (laughs) There'll be a momentary pause while I click. Okay, you've gone down to my ranking, which is 73,000. So did you, what did you type? Did you, oh, romantic comedy. I'm 5,000 romantic comedy. Right. So click on romantic comedy. There it is. And look, here are some, oh, look, this is. Number one is a $5 book. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Number three is a $6 book. Well, number two is an $11 book. That must be traditionally published. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number four is at my price, two ninety nine. dollars <laughs> It's called The Boss Hole. <laughs> it's a good title. Um, but <laughs> it's interesting to me that this list doesn't show any KU. Uh, yeah, it does. If you look on the top of the cover, it says Kindle Unlimited. Top 100 paid versus top 100 free. No, no, no. Uh, look on the the book covers? Yes. Oh. It says oh, Kindle Unlimited oh. right o- along the top of the book cover. I see. It does. So the point, look, all of these are Kindle Unlimited. If I haven't signed up for Kindle Unlimited, then this is how much I would pay. Right. So I think that's fine because you are seeing what price people are setting their books at, even if they are in Kindle Unlimited. Well, that's 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 useful. Let's Let's revisit this. If you go, I'm saying this again, because this was something that I didn't know how to do. Pick any book in your genre, go down and see what the rank of that book is in the category that you're looking at in your genre. Click Mm -hmm. on that link and it will take you to bestsellers in and then the genre you clicked. Right. It will offer you top 100 paid and top 100 free as an option. And you'll be able to see what people are charging for their books. And you'll be able to see whether or not they're on Kindle Unlimited. Uh, and even if they are, they still have to set a price for what their book is for readers who aren't part of KU, who don't pay the $10 a month to be in KU. Right. That's a very useful, that's a useful thing. Okay. Yep. That's good. That's good. All right. So you can see there what other people are charging for their books. And it seems to be all around the $3.99 and $4.99 area. Right. Right. Range. Yes. Unless, yeah, unless it is traditionally published and then the idiot traditional publishers put it at eleven ninety nine. I mean, really, who's going to spend 12 bucks for an ebook? That's just incredible. Clearly, Black. a lot of people are, but I'm not going to make a comment about that because it would not be complimentary. <laughs> well, that's the publishing industry is just committing slow suicide. All right. Now, should my next book be coming out on September 16th? 
I was thinking for a month before that, I would do a 99 cent promotion of my first book in the hopes that it would inspire a lot of new readers who would then see in the back, here's how you can pre-order the next book, which will be out within a month. That sounds like a fantastic idea. And you would do it for 99 cents. Absolutely. So uh, in the retail world, this would be the lost leader. This is what sucks you in. Exactly. Now, do you think is the right length of time or should you do a loss leader for two weeks or three days or how, how would you do it? I would, I would probably say two weeks, but what is the price of book number two? $3.99. I went up. For the pre-order. For the pre-order and for the order order. Okay. So it's at $3.99 and it's going to stay there. Well, yeah, that's my theory. And, and so, okay. As you know, I'm, I'm foolishly rushing in where Angels Fear to Tread. I'm doing a book in September, a book in October, and a book in November. And my thought was, I don't ever want to discount books two or three to inspire book four. I want to continue to discount book one so mm-hmm. people walk into the series. They don't have to be in right in order. I suppose I could try. No, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with book one is gonna get cheap. But does book one stay cheap? Maybe when I have four books, I'll keep book one at 99 cents. You can see how my head is just, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a tire in the mud, right? I just am not making any progress. No, but I think you're absolutely right. You keep book number one at 99 cents. And some people, uh, namely David Cochran, uh, mm-hmm. says that the next book should be $2.99 and book three should be $3.99 and book four should be $4.99. I have David, never seen that work. David Gagarin assumes that the, the the reader's enthusiasm is is peaking, whereas I think the reader is more likely to say, "Well, I've read three of them and they were good, and I'll come back to that fourth one later." I think I I don't know. I think here's my theory. Here's my theory: ninety nine cents for book one, three ninety nine for books two, three, and four. I think that sounds fine. And do you think? Book one stays at 99 cents forevermore once the second book comes out, or do I raise it up to 2.99? You're shaking your head. No, stick with 99 cents. Once there's a second book, suck them in with 99 cents and then carry on with 3.99. Yes, I do think so. Okay, 99 cents forevermore, two weeks before Dash is published. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd like to thank you for giving me a straight answer. Thank you for not making it any more agonizing than that. That's fine. Right. Uh, Because the point is, is that you, that this comes back to these, these questions that I asked. So you want more people to buy the first book. So you keep it at 99 cents. You want to earn your money with books two, three, and four. So you keep them at the higher price. The other thing I'm thinking Pricing is just like such a nightmare to me. Once book four comes out, I should put book one into KU. Sure, you can try that. It's interesting. You were suggesting that I put the book one uh, or book one and two of my Ladies Wagering Whist Society into KU. Yeah. Yeah. And I was noticing, I was looking at my numbers, my sales numbers today, which I, I like to do at the end of the month. And actually, that first book sells okay on the other on the other stores on the other right. retailers. 
because it is 99 cents. So when you if put, I put it into KU, then I'm I would lose those sales. Ah, once you put a book into KU, all the other platforms go away. Right. I can't put that book in Apple and Kobo and Barnes and Nobles once I put it into KU. Right. You have to unpublish it everywhere else but Amazon. So, I mean, I might do it for the, you have, for KU, when you put your book into KU, it's for three months with a 90-day period, and then you can take it out again. So I might try it for the 90 days, but I might lose a lot of sales. I, I, I admire the fact that you have a lot of sales to consider. <laughs> I do not. Those other platforms for me are, I, I have never figured out how to make some, I've never sold a single book on Google Play, which tells me that I need to spend some promotional dollars on Google Play, but Amazon is the 600 pound gorilla. So I feel like my, as, com, as confusing as my pricing questions are, it's worse for you because you are actually having some success. All right. Then for now, I'm going to stick with the 99 cent plan and I'm going to try KU like next year at some point and do it as a test. When you unpublish a book on other platforms, can you suspend it so you can come back later? Or is it a whole ordeal to put it back together again? No, you can. It's it's very simple. You just click unpublish and they take it down off of the store. And then if you want to republish it, you just click publish. Nice. Okay. Well, that makes, that makes sense. It stays there. Okay. Uh, let's delve into the very wor- weird world of paperback book pricing. Paperback book pricing is a pain in my, you know what? Okay. Um, really? So what I do for paperbacks, I mainly publish my paperbacks through KDP print. And they tell you how much, what the minimum price is that you can charge for your book. I know. That minimum price is made up of the cost of the paper, the printing, ink, and the physical printing costs. And then they add some percentage, which only they know, to for their profit. It's for Amazon, which only they know. Right. Yes. And then you can, so then you have a minimum amount for which you can charge for yep. a book. Yep. I then top that up to a normal number. So if that number for is um, 564, I will top it up to 799. If that number is, you know, 732, I'll top it up to 999. At what point do you, what do you, what is, what is emotionally, what do you think a paperback book costs? Not, not, I'm just talking about, you would not buy it if it was how much? I would not buy it personally. I would not buy a paperback book because I am a cheap person. <laughs> um, I would not buy a paperback book for more than $15. 15 you'd go that high. I would. Yeah. Especially if it's a thick book, because I well, know that it's, you know, lots of pages. Lots of pages. Lots of time enjoying a, a good read. When I priced the paperback of Sin, uh, I could choose... $7.99, which earned me a profit of four cents a book. And and lovely people would say, I bought your book, I got the paperback. And I'd be like, well, 
thanks. I would have gotten $2.20 if you'd bought the ebook and I've gone, I'm going to get four cents now. So thank you very much. But it was, it was, it was shocking to me to think that anyone would buy a new author's book and pay $8.99 or $9.99. That is too much for a paperback. So I don't think so because it's not just the, the usual mass market paperback. It's a bigger book and the printing is nice and the paper quality is good. So well, I've been brave. I raised Sim up to nine ninety nine, and I'm doing Good. Dash nine ninety nine also. Yes, but I think that's crazy. Ten dollars for a paperback. I mean, I know I've been doing e readers for a long time, but that's insane. Well, <laughs> just think about it. In Australia, people are used to paying twenty twenty five bucks for a book. Wow, wow, that does not seem right. Um, okay, so. You're emotionally, you're like $9.99 does not shock you for a paperback. No. $10.99 is getting a little shocking. $12.99. There's that. There's I have one digital. of my books that is longer and it, it costs $12.99. It does. And it sells. Sometimes. Not often. Yeah. Well, I don't sell that many print books anyway. So right. it's sort of, it's, it's a little bit uh, academic, but still, it's nice to hear you say that these print prices are are insanity. Can we discuss Ingram Spark? Do we want to talk about about what happens if you're attempting to sell to independent bookstores and libraries? Uh, we can talk about it. I am not an expert in it. When I publish, I've recently started publishing a few books on Ingram Spark. Honestly, I have never. I've never been very impressed with their quality. Actually, I think the quality of paper from KDP is better. When I first tried out Ingram Sparks, I didn't even publish the book. I put it up I and had them send me a, a proof. And I could see the letters on both through the paper from the other side. Wow. I was so unimpressed with the quality that I said, nah. It's not worth it because it costs seventy five bucks to put a book up on their on their site. If you want them to publish, you've got to pay seventy five bucks. That's and the other thing. If you want to update your book, say you have an epilogue or, or you have a sneak peek of the next book, it's fifty bucks. I mean, that's like they're pissing me off. Um, I want to just back up a little bit and say that Ingram Spark produces books that are bought by independent bookstores and by libraries. And when lovely Meg Napier got a shot at um, book discussion at uh, One More Page Books in Arlington, the only reason they let me join her was because the book was published on Ingram Spark. If you say my book's on Amazon, they'll say, I'm an independent bookstore. Amazon is, is Satan to us. Mm-hmm. We don't want you anymore. So. Yes. Ingram Spark has really two values. One is print books for places where you don't normally get them. And one is it's not Amazon. So there is value in Ingram Spark, even though apparently they're cheap and God knows their interface is annoying. There's somebody else who does who does this kind of printing. Who else is it? Book Baby. Book Baby. And do you I ever think use Book Baby does and I've not used them? Oh, and Lulu. Lulu.com does printing of books. I have my writer's journal printed through lulu.com because they can do spiral bound books. And for a writer's journal, 
it's a spiral bound book. It's just easier because it's a journal. I like, you know, turning it inside out and, and. But you can buy your writer's journal on Amazon. Yes. You look up under Meredith Bond writer's journal and there it is. And someone could buy it right now. Exactly. They could. But if they go to, but when they do, they're going to get a regular bound book. And if they go to lulu.com and buy it from there, then they get a very nice spiral bound book. So Amazon won't sell Lulu's printing. Amazon will only sell Amazon's printing. Exactly. They are, they are, it's good to be king, man. Okay. Now I've only put one book on Ingram Spark and I was very confused at the time. It's, there's a lot going on that's confusing, but Ingram Spark insists that I price my book in such a way that I will still make my profit when they give the booksellers a 60% discount. It's just You can change the discount. You can choose the discount. Why would I? I mean, if that's what booksellers are used to, that's, I mean, why would I? Because you do have to earn money. And so I put my books on Ingram Spark at the least discount possible, which uh, I think in the U.S. is 30% and abroad is 40%. Okay. I, I Sin was on there for $17.99. I mean, it was insane. Wow. It was insane. But that was the only anything lower and I would be losing money for every. I would have to pay them if I lowered the price. And they don't let you do that. They don't let you lose money on a book. So I think Ingram Spark is craziness and... Uh, I think they're ripe for takeover by someone smart. Go ahead, listener. Bezos. <laughs> probably will. Well, he sort of has, but everybody's mad at him. Okay. This is this continues to be a major source of stress for me, but you have given me some guidance here that I think I'm going to be able to use. Have I cut you off on any thoughts on pricing? Do you have other things that I haven't asked you? No, I think I think we covered it. I a lot of people really do love Ingram Spark. And they are very happy to to put their books up and pay for books to be published there because of exactly what you said. It's not Amazon and independent booksellers can easily buy their books there and libraries can easily buy their books there. So it does have its uses. But yeah, you generally have to price your books higher. Um, I think over time, I have sold 17 books through Ingram Spark. Which is <clears throat> does it's not gonna given how little my profit is on that seventeen ninety nine doesn't pay for the seventy five bucks I had to pay to post it. But I think I'm going to continue to use Ingram Spark because they're not Amazon. I think that's their major value now. They're not Amazon. And um, I'm and by the right, way, crappy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, by the way, you can you can get a discount uh, to publish your books for free on Ingram Spark. If you are a member of the Alliance of Independent Authors, which is something that in of itself is worthwhile. Okay. I will put that website in the show notes. Yes, please do. The Alliance of Independent Authors, A-L-L-I. I call it Ally. Some people call it Ally, whatever. Why would you call it A-L-L-I? Why wouldn't you call it A-L-I-A? Alliance of Independent Authors. It, their, their acronym is A-L-L-I. Okay. Maybe I'm getting the name wrong. Let me see. Hang on. They're just Wait. taking a look. Alliance. Don't worry about it. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Put it in the show notes. 
next week, Meredith, next week, I've already begun researching because our topic is what makes it a rom-com. And I am quite fussy about that because so many books are marketed as rom-coms that turn out to be about child abuse and murder and God save the queen. Come on, let's, we can do better than that. So uh, I am going to sacrifice myself and read the top three or four rom-coms and then report back to you only because I love you and I love the Writer's Block Party podcast. Am I going to make this huge sacrifice, ladies? You are a strong woman. I am a strong. I'm Brave. a strong and lazy woman. <laughs> <laughs> you should be reading the top books in your genre anyway. I know. I've read a lot of them already. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> now I'm being nagged. Pricing yeah. and nagging both. I need chocolate. Quickly. Chocolate stat. Uh, we want people to rate us, yes. especially if us on wherever you get your podcast. And we want people to comment and talk to us at the writers block party podcast.com. And we want people to join our Discord server and chat with us while they're going through their own agonies. And you recently posted a fascinating question on the Discord server, I noticed. <laughs> you have pointed out that our 52nd one year anniversary. Our 52nd episode is coming up in a few weeks. How diligent are we? 52. Good for us. Good for us. But our topic for that 52nd episode is going to be what I learned on the Writer's Block Party podcast. And so you have put that question out there for our Discord participants yep. to tell us what they have learned from the podcast. And we encourage all of you. The conversation immediately got distracted. Immediately. I mean, the conversation, now that question is like 10 spaces above this. Nobody could see it. I will ask again on the Discord server. Yeah. Yes, you should. Yes, and ask and tell us. Tell us, listener, what have you learned? Please tell us. Have you learned anything? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you remember? Do you remember me asking inane questions? Yes. By God, can you keep nothing straight in your head, woman? Do you remember which continent Meredith is living in now? That's how how closely have you been paying attention? <laughs> Hint, she's been to the National Museum of the Jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been there, but I saw it. <laughs> ah, well, that's on your list, I'm sure. Top 10 things to do in Ukraine. There's a hint. Nobody lives in Ukraine, Meredith. What are you doing there, for heaven's sakes? <laughs> a couple million people. <laughs> All right. That's enough frivolity and lecturing for today. Let us go our separate ways and write beautifully until we speak again next week. All right. I'm so looking forward to learning more about your genre. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, Mary. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week.